my text this morning is Psalm 103. I'm just going to use two verses there. But my title for my message this morning, Bless the Lord for the sake of your soul. Bless the Lord for the sake of your soul. And so we look at Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, firstly, let me just talk about this word, bless. The Hebrew word for bless is barak, right? And it's loaded. Um, there are two, two pictures when you talk about this word barak, right? And, and if you know Hebrew, Hebrew is very pictorial, the conceptual language. And so there are two concepts when this word barak is mentioned in the Bible. And these two concepts are this, kneeling and presenting a gift. So when somebody blesses, when somebody baraks, right, there's a concept of kneeling and there's a concept of presenting a gift. And usually the presentation of the gift is verbal. And that's why you'll see in the Bible, it's translated bless, praise, exalt, same word, all right, to barak, to bless, okay? Um, so the word barak gives the picture of one kneeling and presenting the gift of praise to the person you are blessing. And that could be God, but also could be fellow man. So I'm going to speak today on blessing God. But it's a two-part series of my message. Um, really, it's about the power of blessing. And so this morning, I'm going to take you to this um, concept of blessing God. If you, if you do not learn how to bless God, you will not learn how to bless others. That's, that's the beginning of, of learning the power of blessing. But when I come again and speak again the next time, I'm going to talk to you about the importance of this concept of blessing, that you can actually speak blessing into yourselves, speak, speak blessing into your family, speak blessing into the people around you, your community, speak blessing into the nation. And when I talk about your mouth being a source of blessing, which is going to be the next time I preach, if you're tuning in, you may not want to tune in because it might be a bit offensive. Because I'm going to be really straight and talk straight about how we use this wonderful gift that God has given us, our mouth, the power of blessing. So first of all, before we talk about the power of blessing, let's talk about what the psalmist is encouraging his soul to do. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Why is he telling his soul to bless God? For his, sake, for his own sake. He's telling his soul, bless God for your sake. Bless him for your sake. Not for heaven's sake, bless God. Not for earth's sake, bless God. Not for anyone else's sake, bless God. Bless God for your own sake. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. In the Old Testament, when he talks about blessing... The Old Testament recognizes that all sources of blessing is only from God. God is the only source of blessing. When I bless others, I'm blessing it. I'm, I'm speaking with this concept, God is going to bless you. And so, let me just talk about this concept a little, all right? Because if you understand, which every Jew would have understood... 
when, when they are using Barak, when they are blessing, all right, it's about this divine power endued, clothed, empowered by God, right? So let me talk a little bit about the psalmist and why he's saying to himself, bless the Lord, O my soul, right? Because the first concept is kneel. Why kneel? Why do you actually kneel, whether you're receiving the blessing or even when they give the blessing? Why do you kneel? Because kneeling is a picture of humility, right? And so when he's saying, bless the Lord, deep within his heart, he's humbling himself. He is kneeling before the Almighty God who endures you with power, who infuses you with power, who grants you power and resources from heaven. And so you understand that it's coming from God. When you humble yourself, you're saying, it is God who has caused me to succeed. When you humble yourself, you're acknowledging it is God who has done all these things for me. When, when a nation is successful, if the nation is wise enough, that nation will bless God and say, it is through you, Lord, not through our own wisdom, that we are being blessed. So to say to your soul, bless the Lord, is to kneel and recognize where all your blessings have come from, lest you fool yourself into believing that it's your wisdom, it's your abilities, it's your strength, it's your hand that has brought you to this place. Remember the story of Nebuchadnezzar? Right? He looked at all the success that was go going on in Babylon. And it just went into his inner resource. And he, one morning, he couldn't help himself. He blessed himself. He exalted himself. He said, look at all this beautiful stuff I have done for this nation. I, I, I. And so God said, all right, I'll show you what happens when I lift my hands off you. I'll show you what happens when I don't bless you. You know what happened? He lost his mind. He got crazy, right? And he became acting like an animal, eating grass, like an oxen. It's a picture of when we fail to recognize that all good things only come from God. So when you say to your soul, bless the Lord, you're helping yourselves, protecting yourself from pride. But the blessing is also a presentation of the gift of praise. You're exalting with words, right? And so to bless is to kneel and present praise. To bless is not just to recognize that God is all the source of all blessings, but to actually say it with your mouth. You are the source of my blessing. When good things happen in your life, to actually bless God and say, this happened because of you. When you see good things, when, when you rise up in the morning and you look at a beautiful sunrise, you don't just say, wow. You say, wow, God. You acknowledge. And even when the wind is blowing and a little branch has fallen down from our section, we say, wow, the storm that comes, it's still God. Remember what Paul said, with your heart you believe, with your mouth you confess, right? That's the complete cycle of faith. It's not just believing with your heart, it's actually confessing with your mouth. And so 
blessing God is not just humbling yourself within your heart to recognize who God is and what he has done for you. It's actually to acknowledge with your mouth because with the heart you believe, with the mouth you confess. That's the cycle, complete cycle of faith. So the soul that blesses God is a soul that protects itself from exalting self above God. You do this by exalting God instead of self. I put it put down here, the knee is a good companion for the mouth. And I think in this a whole, um, what we are going through in New Zealand as a nation, I think the problem is we've got a big mouth, but very tender knees. We can't kneel long enough before God. All right? So I'm saying the knee is a good companion to the mouth. To bless, it involves the knee and the mouth. The second part of the verse is equally important. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. To forget his benefits is to forget the source of all the good that has happened to you. So easy to miss this. So easy in our day-to-day -day lives. So easy when we are busy to miss the good that's going on and really remember the bad. Look at our language, all right? What do we call the earthquake? When a, an earthquake comes, we say, act of God. Imagine, we say, act of God. But when a poor person works hard, rises up to become a millionaire, we say, self-made man. Can you see the psyche behind all this? When we succeed, it is us. When bad things happen, it is God. Or at least we will say, you could have done something about this. Am I making sense? It's true. It's embedded in our minds that if it's good, I did it. If it's bad, God did it. And that needs to change in our lives. The reason why, it the reason why we do this is because we don't notice that God is the source of all good that happens in our lives. The soul that blesses God is a soul that takes note of and remembers all the good in life and attributes it to God. That's why the psalmist says, bless, you, bless the Lord my soul for your own sake so that you take note of all the good that's going on in your lives and you attribute it to God. So this then is the two diseases of the soul. Pride and ingratitude. If you want to know what's the problem with your soul, we've got two problems here. Two lethal viruses of your soul. And that's pride and ingratitude. And blessing the Lord is the only remedy to these two. Right? Let me talk a little bit about pride. If you're not blessing God, you're probably blessing another. If you're not blessing God, you're probably exalting your financial situation. If you're not blessing God, you're probably boasting about your strength that you have and your good health. If you're not blessing God, you're probably boasting about how well you're doing at work and this latest um, increment that you got or the latest 
uh, promotion that you got. Look how good. Look how skillful I am. I've learned the ropes so well. If you're not blessing God, you're exalting someone else or you're exalting something else. Because to bless is to boast. Look at David, right? I'm going to read to you Psalm 34, just a few verses. And the context of this psalm is, if you know the story of David, when he was running away from Saul, he went into enemy territory because that was the safest place he could be because Saul and his troops will never go there. So he went into enemy territory and he faces King Abimelech. Now, he used to fight against this king. So the king Abimelech knew the song they were singing. A thousand, uh, Saul has slain the thousands and David, 10,000. So he knows this guy, right? He's identified this guy and every time they go to war, they're looking for David to strike him dead, right? Unfortunately, David has gone into enemy territory now. Abimelech sees him and he says, hey, this fella, it's David. So you know what David does? He pretends he's gone insane. And so he, he just pulls out all the training he's got from drama school. And he starts acting the fool. He acts like he's crazy. And Abimelech looks at him and says, ah, forget about this guy. And so leaves him alone. Now, I wonder how you would tell the story if you were David. After now being king, sitting around everyone, what would you say? Ah, that fella, he thought he could get me. But I was one up on him. I just pretended you should have seen me act. I just pretended I was crazy. The guy bought it. That fool bought it. But you know what? David doesn't say that. Listen to how he narrates his experience in Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. You know how I know that this, the context was Abimelech? Because the Bible tells us so. Before you read Psalm 34, it gives you the context of this prayer and this psalm. The context is David boasts about life, saving incident that happened to him when he pretended to be insane in front of Abimelech. So the when they compiled the Psalms, they, they made sure you knew the context of this particular song of praise. He wrote that song after he was saved from Abimelech. This is how he boasts. He doesn't boast about his wise idea. He doesn't boast about his great acting skills. He boasts about the God who saved him from Abimelech. That's why you bless the Lord. It's good for your soul. Because every blessing that's come our way, every good thing that's come our way, my friends, whether you acknowledge it or not, the source is from God. Blessing God is boasting about God. The soul that blesses God is a soul that protects itself from exalting self above God. That's why you say to yourself, bless the Lord, O my soul. It's for your own sake. What about ingratitude? The other disease of the soul is ungratefulness. Ingratitude makes the soul toxic. There's a reason for ingratitude. We forget the good, but remember the bad. 
There's plenty of research around this, right? Um, science has researched this, and the human mind tends to remember negative events better than positive ones. The reason is this. It's because of this hormone that's produced, right, when you, the fight or flight kicks in. When something negative happens, you immediately, automatically, either want to fight or flight, flee. You're either wanting to run away from the situation, get out of it, or you want to fight and get through that situation. The moment fight or flight kicks in, right, your mind produces a chemical, and that chemical makes it easy to remember that incident. The reason why you remember that incident, you're trying to avoid getting back into that incident, you see. And so it's, it's kind of a, a self-protection mechanism that kicks in. But it's also a problem because long-term memory, you remember the negative events of your life, but you seldom remember the good things that happened to you, right? If I ask you this question, you remember 9-11? Do you remember where you were? You do, right? Do you know the day before 9-11 where you were? Where were you the day before 9-11? What were you doing the day before 9-11? We can't remember. Yeah. You say probably, you know, but it's not etched into your long-term memory. And that's the problem with forgetfulness. We tend to forget the good throughout our lives. The longer we live, the, longer, the more we forget good. But we definitely remember the, the difficult, challenging, and bad events of our lives. That's why the psalmist says, forget not all his benefits. And you know what he does? If you read the psalm, you look at how he does not forget. He starts listing it down, right? In verse, uh, as you read on, um, you'll see him. Well, before I go to that, I actually want to talk to you about this problem with negativity. And we do have some time. Psalm 106, all right? The psalmist looks at Israel in the wilderness and he highlights this toxic problem that Israel had. In Psalm 106, verse 7, he says, Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. They soon forgot his many acts of kindness to them. If you think about what Israel experienced, right? Mind-boggling. Some of the miracles that happened in their lives, right? I mean, the ten plagues and then crossing the Red Sea, that should be enough for you to remember and say, man, God is mighty. But no, the next day when they got hungry or thirsty, they start criticizing and complaining and grumbling. Why? We forget. We forget the good, all right? Psalm 106 verse 13, yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. Verse 20, they traded their glorious God for a statue of a grass-eating bull. They forgot God, their Savior, who had done such great things in Egypt. They moved on a few more verses, verse 24. The people refused to enter the pleasant land, for they wouldn't believe his promise to care for them. Instead, they grumbled in their tents and refused to obey the Lord. Can you see the this, this, this just this cycle, coming downward spiral, all right? When you start forgetting the good that God has done in your life, right? You first rebel, 
and then you don't seek his counsel anymore. And then it re you replace this intimate relationship with God with some kind of religious act so that you distance God from yourself. And finally, in the end, you just ignore God totally and refuse to obey him. That's why the psalmist says to his soul, do not forget his benefits. Because the danger of forgetting his benefits is it's a downward spiral that you will forget God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Then he says, forget not his benefits. And then he lists down the remaining parts of the psalm. He tells himself the benefits of God. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems you from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Then he goes on for 17 more verses boasting about God and his nature. Bless the Lord, my soul, for your own sake. The soul that blesses God protects itself from the toxic effects of ingratitude. The soul that blesses God makes it a point to remember all the good in life and attribute it to God. So let me close with this. And I'll piggyback this. When I come back, I'll go back to Numbers chapter 6. But I'm going to read Numbers chapter 6 and the worship team is going to sing this song. We're going to sing this song, this, this actually the scripture at the end of our service. Number 6, 22 to 27, is the priestly benediction that God said to the priest, bless the people with this. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons. This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Then God says to Moses this, So they shall put or invoke my name on the children of Israel, and I will bless them. That's the power of blessing. You, as a priest of God, can invoke the name of God on someone. And when you do that, God blesses them. That's a powerful thing. Tune in a couple of weeks' time, and I'll talk to you about that. The power of blessing those around you. But my dear friends, it first starts with blessing God. If you don't know how to bless God, you'll be powerless to speak blessing over your own lives and the lives of others. So these two concepts, kneeling and praising. Right? A soul that blesses God is a soul that protects itself from exalting self above God. The soul that blesses God protects itself from the toxic effects of ingratitude. The soul that blesses God makes it a point to remember all the good in life and attributes it to God. So let me give you some homework. Folks, take down. I'll check on you when I come visit you at home. These are the two actions I want to encourage you to do this week. Firstly, start every morning this week, right, with the two verses that we just read. You wake up in the morning, say to your soul, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and don't you dare forget his benefits. Start every morning this next seven days with this, 
Let's see if it changes your attitude in life. Second thing I want you to do, make it a point to remember, take note of it, write it down. Any good thing you experience throughout the day, when you experience something good that day, just thank God immediately. If some, you feel good, thank God. You, you're having your meal, it tastes good, thank God. But you say, I've already said, I've already said grace. Well, thank God anyway. Every bite, thank God. You walk out, right, and there's no traffic, thank God. You find a car park, thank God. You're rushing, and somehow or other the other person is delayed too, and so it, it looks like you are not late. Thank God. Recognize all good things and attribute it to God. Let's do these two things and let's see if it changes our week. All right? And if it does, share it with someone. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon podcast. For more resources or if you would like to support this ministry, visit us at activefaith.org.nz.